You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I had to make sure it wasn't game night for Kevin Lynch. No, not calling the Timberwolves or scouting some high school or whatever it is, but I had to make sure he didn't have a tennis match tonight. Kevin, you've gotten into tennis in a big way. You love this sport. Well, that's a long story. You want to hear some of it? Yeah, some of it. So my mom used to play and coach when I was a kid. At the high school or just in general? Uh, well, like she, at a club? Yeah, she, she used to play when she was, you know, a young mom, and we were all young kids, my brothers and my sister and I. So she started to play, and then she started to coach a little bit. And it was right during the time when Connors and McEnroe and Borg were going sure. at it at yep. Wimbledon U.S. Open. So I was started to watch it. I started to play it because of my mom. And then I played a lot in the summertime just uh, outside when it was warm. And that's it. I would never play in the winter like indoors. because I, And I was playing hoops and I was playing other sports. But, yeah, I got into tennis. And then when the pandemic started a year and a half ago, I started playing uh, a lot with one of my high school buddies who's a tennis coach. And I have just fallen, re-fallen in love with the sport of tennis, and it's just a blast. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm playing in leagues and, and USTA stuff. It's it's great. What is it about it that you love? Well, I think part of maybe the biggest thing is it's individual. It's not a yep. team sport, which I always played with hoops and, and baseball, football, whatever. But it's I'm doing it on my own, and and uh, I've always loved watching tennis, and so I've. Since I've watched a lot of it, I can learn a lot as far as how to become a better player. And But I think the individual aspect of it is, is really what I like. But it, it, don't you have a frame made for it as well? I mean, I mean, long arms, lean, you, you know how to move baselines, all those things? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. There's some probably some similarities. I mean, basketball is definitely a stop-start type of sport, more so than like a you know, long distance running, you know, jogging kind of thing. So tennis is very much the same way, stop and start. And I'm, I still am pretty quick and athletic, so I, I and I have some decent strokes. So it's it's been fun, yeah. I uh, it, 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 There's a lot of things to tra- that translate from basketball to tennis, if can you ask me. Can you get Dragon into it? Hey, the Dragon plays a little bit too, Does man. Dragon play a little it's bit? Not bad. Because you guys do yeah, one-on-one yeah. on one basketball full court, which is, you know, I, I thought that might be your where you scratch your individual itch. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. I, we haven't played much one-on-one, but we've been playing two-on-two and three-and-three full-court hoops, and uh, you should join us sometime, man. I'm yeah, in. You, you could fit right in. I'm in, man. I, you'll let me shoot, right? Absolutely okay. not. Will, will Dragon let me shoot? No, he, no, he will. We'll let you <laughs> shoot. No, that's part of the rules. It's like there's no bad shot. You can take whatever shot you want, and, and we'll, we'll take it easy on you. All right, three topics I want to go over. Let me start with the high school one. What do you think of the shot clock coming, and, and what will that do to the game? Much? I don't know if it'll do much because these the whole philosophy and how to play right now, at least 
well, at high school, but other levels of, of basketball too, is, is play fast. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't, it'll, it'll affect games when it's close and it's at the end of the game when you're trying to air it out, eat up the clock. So you'll see a difference there. But um, for the most part, I don't think it's, it's going to make a big difference in the meat of the ball game because teams are playing so fast anyways, it's not going to affect it much. But I'm glad it's, it's come in. Now we don't have that that fiasco with Shakopee and Hopkins, what was that, Remember seven, that? eight years ago? That was a joke. So if we can get rid of stuff like that in state tournaments, uh, that's a good thing. So I, I'm all for it. Yeah, and it's not it's not a 15-second clock. It's 35, which, you know, you, you should be able to get a possession in pretty easily in, uh, uh, in 35 seconds. My one concern is, and, and I understand this is the way they all go, but, I mean, uh, I, I watch those NBA games and I go, man, how do they choreograph this between the, the referees and the guy running the shot clock that they always seem to know whether or not to hit the button or not, you know, to reset or not, because sometimes you can't tell if it hit the rim or not, but they've got their, their own language going. And, and and I wonder how quickly we can teach that to, <laughs> to, to some of the people that I've known over the years that run clocks. Yeah, that, that's right. That's going to be the, the biggest challenge as far as finding, you know, you got to pay somebody to do it. Every school in the state is going to have to buy that equipment. Yep, and, and that's not just for the varsity game. That's the JV, the sophomores, the whole bit. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's going to be a bigger deal than I think a lot of people realize as far as the cost and then finding somebody who can run it and making sure that person's free that night and how much you're going to pay that person. And uh, so there's some things that will get ironed out. But, hey, I mean, other states are doing it already. So yeah. if South Dakota, North Dakota, if they can do it, Minnesota, we can do it too. Darn tootin', you got that right. Now, Gophers play tomorrow night against Michigan State in the Big Ten opener. And obviously they're seven and zero. What what do you remember? I remember one year you guys opened against Illinois at Williams Arena. And it was having to be the same day that the Vikings played and lost. I think in the playoffs, so it was one of those rare deals. But both teams were amped up. And I remember that night. I mean, it was just on fire at uh, at Williams Arena. What do you remember about playing in a Big Ten opener? Because that that was pretty sacred ground when you played. Yeah, it's it was very very different. Plus, you got to think that. Back in those days when I was in college playing basketball, I mean, Williams Arena sat over 17,000 people, and it's been renovated until the building is different, and they just don't get the crowds that we used to get. I mean, it just, it's just right. it's changed, you know, so you don't have quite as many bodies in, in the building, so that's one thing. But, no, I, we played my sophomore year was the year that Illinois got to the Final Four and lost to Michigan in the semifinals, and then Michigan went on to win it all, but – they had, you know, Nick Anderson and, and Kenny Battle and, and those guys, Steve Bardo. And so they were stacked. And they were number one. Uh, they were ranked number one in the country. And we beat those suckers uh, in Williams Arena. And it was so loud yep. at times, Mike. I was standing right next to my teammate, Melvin Newburn, And we had to basically yell at the top of our lungs at each other <laughs> just, to, just so we could hear. I mean, it was that crazy. It was just a complete zoo and circus in there. And. But it was it was so much fun when we beat those guys. I remember. I don't know if it was that game. You guys knocked off a couple of number ones in the country the one year, and and I remember being down in the locker room waiting to go in to do post game, and, and this is a sign of the times, right? Because not every game was on TV back then, or if it was, it didn't necessarily get transmitted throughout the country, and and not and no one had a cell phone yet. And Willie Burton stepped outside the locker room and he was on a payphone, and we hear him calling his mom, saying, "Mom, we just beat the number one team in the country." And of course, she probably didn't know until that moment because communication didn't go there but it was such an interesting moment you know back in the day as they say kevin 
Yeah, you got to remember that electricity was invented just like a decade before that. So, that's right, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly <laughs> right. So Willie Burton on a, on a payphone in Wayne's Arena. That is hilarious. Isn't I'm that good? That yeah. Um, what do you so the Gophers are seven and zero and and they beat a pretty good Mississippi State team the other day that was six and one. They knocked off Pitt, which is not a great team but looks a little bit kind of Big Ten ish. Uh, how do you assess this team and, and 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 how do you project a team into the Big Ten based on what you've seen of their body of work? Well, they they have exceeded my expectations, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen them. I mean, the season just started recently, so I haven't seen them play a ton, just bits yeah. and pieces. So, I mean, there no question. They're just with all this portal and these guys mo- moving around and leaving, coming and going, and all this stuff. I know I, you and I have talked about this before. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's just a headache half the time. And now, you, you can be a coach now, like Ben Johnson. You got to recruit your own players just to stay. You yep. know, if they can play. So, it's um. But no, this team is. They're going to struggle once the Big Ten starts, and I, I hope I'm wrong, but I just think that with all these new players, they don't have a ton of size. They lack a lot of talent. So I, I think what they've done is they've overachieved up to this point, and maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I think once the Big Ten starts, it really does change. It's just a different level of competition, and I would not be surprised if they're kind of in the bottom you know, five teams in the Big Ten, but I don't know, man. Maybe maybe they'll do better than what I'm giving them credit for. But right now, there's a lot of holes in this roster. So, so is the is the biggest difference? Obviously, is it the talent level goes up, or is it that the coaches and the scouting reports are so you know they see team they've seen players before they break them down they spend more time. Is that the biggest difference? I'm, I'm sorry, say it again. I said, is the biggest the difference level? simply an upgrade in talent level when you get to the Big yeah. Ten, or is it, the, is it the coaches in the Big Ten and the amount of scouting that they do to take your strengths away? No, I, it's, to me, it's, it's the talent level. I mean, there's good coaches in high school. There's, there's some yeah. coaches in high school around this country that are better coaches than some of these, these clowns that are coaching yeah, no high question. Division I. Yep. So, yep. so to me, it, it's, it's the level of talent that really changes and and the size, and you know, of the players too. So that to me, that's the big difference, as opposed to something else like coaching. Can you stay on with us for a quick break? So we can talk some Timberwolves. Absolutely. Kevin Lynch is on the phone. Uh, you know him as a great basketball player. I now know him as an emerging senior tennis circuit star. Uh, but we'll, Timberwolves, I, I, I don't know what to say about the Timberwolves anymore. I, I, I think they're good. Well, maybe they're not good. I don't know. We'll ask Kevin about it when we come back. Stay with us. Kevin Lynch, I was uh, stumbling across, uh, you know, channel surfing and, and came across, it was NBA TV, I think, and there was a documentary on Muggsy Bokes, and I'm watching this thing, and I'm going, this is a great piece of inspiration for kids that aren't big enough or think it can't be done because they're not big enough, and then I realize you played with him. Yeah. What, and, and, you know, for people that are not familiar with Muggsy Bogues, he's about five feet, three or four inches, and he, he had a, a long career in, in basketball, Division One player than the NBA, and, and was didn't just play. Played, I mean, he, he, this wasn't a, 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 a commercial stunt. This was about a guy that contributed and helped his team, Charlotte, win, which, and he was there, I think, when you got there, Kevin. What, what made this guy tick? I became fascinated and engrossed with the story. Yeah, no, it's uh, I haven't seen it yet, but you know I played with Muggsy for two years, and and um, you know he was just he had he kind of had that big you know small guy but big personality. He seemed like he was a, a natural leader in a lot of ways, and I know uh, that 
at least during the time that I was playing with Muggsy, that he had some a lot of issues with one of his brothers. Who is that? Is that part of the story? One of his. Brothers? I didn't see it all. It was, it was alluded to. There's, but I didn't catch it all. I caught it. It was when I picked up on it. It was they were playing Boston in the first round, and ironically, and, and you'll remember this better than I, because you were on the court. It was Kevin McHale's final game when you knocked out Boston, and, and that's when I started to pick up on it. Yeah, and that was that was the same series that Reggie Lewis uh, fainted. In the yes, of the game exactly. That was part of it. That- yep. Yeah, then later that summer he died of a heart attack. Yep, and so, we yep, it was it was we didn't know it was the last time we'd see him play. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And boy, talk about a good young player that guy was. You yeah. know, I was playing against him. But no, um, you know, Muggsy, uh people come up to me even all these years later and say, Well, wouldn't it be easy? You know, he's only five three, he could just go down to the post as a point guard or a shooting guard like right. me and just post the guy up, but you gotta understand how strong Muggsy's legs were. I mean, if you if you tried to do that he would get underneath you, and he had really strong – he's a strong guy, not just his legs, but he'd get underneath you and just root you out of the position you're trying to get in. So it wasn't that easy. I mean, some guys tried to do that, and then they realized how strong this guy was. So, I mean, obviously the quickness and the speed uh, was there, and that, that gave him an, an advantage. And I think sometimes when you're small like that, you can get in spaces that a lot of guys can't as far as playmaking. And so he was good at that, too. And he was a, a decent enough outside shooter to keep teams honest. So good player, had a long career. Uh, Muggsy was a good guy, a good leader, and I, I enjoyed playing with him. Yeah, but, you know, we really haven't seen anybody like him since, have we? Yeah, that's actually a good point. You can sit here and talk about, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, and there's rare rare players that appear like that in the NBA, but it's probably more rare for a guy five foot three to get to the NBA and then have a long career like that. Yeah, I mean, you think you know, you think he would have started a trend or something, but I assume most kids, if they if they only grow to be five three, they quit basketball. It's probably the biggest reason, and they don't realize that maybe they do have a future. Now, I watched the Timberwolves. I was out there last night, and there are nights like this in the NBA for all teams, but uh, more for the Timberwolves than others, it seems. When it looks <laughs> like Atlanta is playing horse, I, I mean, that's what it looks like. It looks like I'm going to go to the corner here. And I'm going to be left all alone, and then I'll knock down a three. And obviously, they made 25 out of 49 threes, so that's kind of what they did last night. Now, I know this is my simplicity, but I'm going. How can that happen? How, how can how, how can a team shoot over 50 percent and take that many threes without being defended or an answer for? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, even me, who who I'm wor- either working the game or I'm watching all the games. It's it's just it's it's funny how inconsistent they are. They can look great offensively one night or a stretch of games, and then they and then they just can't score at all and can't shoot. And it's the same thing with their defense. Sometimes their defense looks pretty good, yeah. and, and and they can string it together and beat a good team through their defense. And then other nights, it's just they're sluggish. They look tired. It's they they just have no energy on that end of the floor. It's unexplainable how how they can they can be so up and down. I mean, part of it I, I would imagine is they're they're still a young team in, in a lot of ways. So young guys are gonna be, you know, inconsistent even though they have talent. So that's my best answer to that question, Mike, is they're inconsistent and so some nights they bring it, some nights they don't, and I think we're gonna see, you know, that same thing the rest of this season. In your D'Angelo Russell sat last night because of, I guess, some ankle soreness. Uh, but they're also a team that, that kind of needs those big three out there. I, I mean, maybe not every game, but pretty close, too, because they don't have enough star power, so to speak. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, that, that's why you know Russell has been kind of up and down this season, just like the team has. Yeah, and you know, it's like when he when he can make some shots and be a threat, then it, you know, it's like Edwards and Towns pretty consistently bring they you know their scores. And be, so it's it's kind of up to Beasley and and D'Angelo Russell. Those two guys can score, along with Edwards and Towns. Then they can be a team that can put some points on the board and be dangerous. But if Russell's going to be out of the lineup, or when he does play, he's inconsistent and doesn't make shots, then it's going to be a problem for them. So for, and they got to get Beverly back too. Beverly's a big part of. Yeah, you forget now. Too. He's been gone a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully he's back soon. And he's got a little of that Muggsy Bogues to him, right? I mean, kind of that day. I, I might not be the biggest, but don't take me for granted. Yeah, it's not the size of the dog. It's the yeah. fight inside of it. I think that's the old saying they used to say in, uh, in uh, different places around the state of Minnesota. That's right. Not the size of the dog in the fight, but the fight in the dog. Absolutely. Do you believe that they can, they can at least flirt with a, a, a playoff spot, or do they need to upgrade somewhere before they can? You know, Utah tomorrow night's going to be tough for them, for example. I, well, I think, and I, I know I've said this to you before, they need, you know, everybody talks in the media, they need a power forward to play next to Towns who can rebound. They don't need a six foot eight inch power forward. They need a seven footer. I mean, Towns is about 6'10", and yep. they list him as taller, but he's a little undersized. They need a, a lineup where they can put, you know, Towns at the power forward spot, so he'd be an oversized power forward at 6'10", then have a seven-footer in there guarding the rim and rebounding. That's what they need. Well, so. you know, that, but that last night, Gorgie Jing was playing for Atlanta. I didn't even realize he was playing there, but, I mean, would he be that guy? Would that be the profile, or do you have to be even stronger than him? Well, I, I, would, I liked Gorgie Jang when he was here. He's a good player, but... If it was up to me, go get a guy like Alex Glenn, who plays for Sacramento. He's a seven-footer. Or uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, who played with Towns at Kentucky. He's at Dallas. Yep. I mean, those type of guys bring the size that the Wolves need. Don't sign a guy like or trade for a player who's 6'8". They have enough of those players already. Go get a big, legitimate seven-foot dude who means business, and then he can protect the rim, and so Towns is not constantly getting beat up inside. Good stuff, my friend. I appreciate it very much, and I'll see you at the health club soon one way or the other. Sounds good, Mike. Thanks. Have a great night. You too. Kevin Lynch, guys. Fun to have on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 